This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You can tell our friends, and they can have my things when we're dead. But we are rolling. This is the Boys Cast broadcasting from NPR Studios. And as you know, NPR stands for National Pubic Hair Rasta. You know, me got that dreaded pubes, man. That's the kind of comedy that you can be expecting from this episode of the first podcast exclusively for the boys, the Boys Cast. Rasta dreaded pubes. Woo! Also, big week. But before I get into any of that, I do have to address the controversy that has been hurled at me in the comment section that I do, in fact, have no eyebrows. This has been, you know, a growing concern of my constituents. And yes, I do admit that is a problem that I've dealt with. And the eyebrow community needs to be represented by Parliament. It needs a lobby. I don't think any of you have ever experienced the dread of having sweat drip down your eyes onto the floor, grabbing a mop every time you have a bead. And on top of that, some of you may not know this, but I sleep upside down most of the time. Sometimes I actually do sleep. I put a suit jacket on and then put the suit jacket in a hanger, hang myself up. But sometimes I flip it around Batman style just to recharge, get my juices flowing. And when I am doing that, When I cry, it drips onto the floor. And in addition to the fact that when I cry, it drips on the floor, I'm actually not able to cry because of my gender. That's double discrimination, folks. I can't cry, but if I did cry, it would drip on the floor because I sleep sitting upside down. Rasta pubes! A lot has happened. People been kicked off the internet, and other people are fucking yoked up about it. They're stoked. Um, So what I've done is because, you know, some of you know that Donald Trump has been removed from the internet. And Stephen Colbert thinks this is the perfect thing to do. He thinks it should have happened sooner. He says, I actually listened to a bit of Stephen Colbert's monologue. It's a tough listen. He's about to cry the entire time. He's probably, you know, if he was upside down, that wouldn't be an issue for him. But he's like, honestly, this is a threat to our democracy And I suggest, but he throws in a joke every now and then. And it's like, you know, well, maybe Donald Trump should start his own internet called Orange Tube. Boom. (laughs) He's got him. I'm actually starting my own scenario. I'm starting my own service. And you can find Parler on there and a lot of other places. But I'm starting my own service called Gay Tube. It's just uh, a bunch of gay dudes and one straight guy, me, jizzing into a tube. And then at the end of it, we hold the tube up and we say, look, it's American democracy. A tube of jizz. Before I get into any of that stuff, boys questions. I'm going to address one right off the top. Someone messaged me and says, hey, I'm looking for your expertise. My buddy's girlfriend really sucks and I work with him. And how do I tell him properly that his girlfriend sucks without him getting mad at me? And the answer to that is you don't. Never, never, ever 
you never, you know, you never get involved in a man's relationship. That's one thing you don't, you stay away from. Because this is what girls always do is they, you know, they try to put it out there and weasels. They try to go to the girl and be like, yo, this guy's bad for you, blah, 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 blah. And all you do is put them in a situation where they have no choice to hate you. Because here's the thing, your buddy who's, you know, not going to make decisions based on what you think. So you're going to be like, yo, dude, your girlfriend fucking sucks. She's fat. She's complaining. Then he, once he stays with his crappy girlfriend, what is he going to come and face the fact that he's a coward? So every time he sees you, you're going to be like, Hey, you still with the girlfriend? You go, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going to have to take off and hang out with other people. So, you know, you're giving him a scenario where you basically, if you trash someone's girl super hard, you essentially put them in a position where now they either have to cut you out, you know, or face the hypocrisy that, yeah, they know that, or they disagree with you, be like, no, she's actually freaking awesome. Or they have to face the fact that they're like, yeah, I know that. And I'm such a bitch that I'm staying with this person that I've agreed to you is a piece of shit. You know, you say his girlfriend's like fucking garbage and ugly. Even after they break up, you know, even after they break up, you're like, yo, your girlfriend, I'm glad you broke up with her because that that fucking girl was fucking fugly. <laughs> she was fugged to the Lee. And then, you know, then five months later, he like gets back with her and you're like, who are you with? Like, oh, the just I got back with the chick that we both uh, agreed was fucking a dirt bag. Just for we agreed that her face looks like a piece of paste. <laughs> Then some of you might say, you know, it, that's what she'll do. It's like, oh, Dave, you know, says she's gross. She gets back with the girl. Well, I guess Dave's out of the picture. And the other part of it is people will say like, you know, isn't it better to say things to people's face than behind their back? No, not at all. Because <laughs> there's that idea, you know, I like, you know, me and my friends will be together and talking shit about the other friends. And I remember the girl I know, she was like, well, you and your friends just talk shit about you. Like, so do you care that they're talking shit when you're not there? I go, do I care? I'm expecting it. Of course they're talking shit when I'm, if everyone goes out and I'm not there, yeah, of course they are. That's the game. But more importantly, they're talking shit to people who like me, ideally. That's the big difference. If my friends are out there, like, with one of my enemies, and, you know, they're gabbing it up, like, yeah, Ryan fucking sucks, dude, you know. And then... Then you you get back to you. You go, what are you doing? But it's like a bunch of your boys get together without you there, and they're talking shit. It's like you that should be expected. That is the norm. So that's better than. But again, there's just certain things you know that you should have a code to stay away from. That's how I see it. Cuomo, little COVID talk before we get into the fucking dirt. He comes out recently and he says. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read you this tweet. I mean, we a lot of us have probably seen it by now, but the the governor of New York has come out and tweeted this is what he says. We simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy. We must do this smartly and safely. So it's like essentially what a lot of people have been saying for years. And you go, okay. Cool. You've, you know, you've come around to the realization that this is bad and every other state's, you know, opened up and it's kind of fine. And this is probably, you know, some version of this around the world. But it's like, it sort of just to me shows the level that these politicians like don't have to be consistent. It is out of control. You could go through their timelines, you go, and you know, it's one thing to change your mind, but it's another thing to just be like, 
consistently back to back to back posting, you know, posting conflicting messaging, especially when like everyone, you know, hangs on these people's words, like, you know, to the death. And if you go and on top of the fact that it was like a crazy position to take, you know, a year, a, a fucking three months ago, like if you said that, people would be like, you know, I'll oh, fuck you. Like you don't all, you only care about yourself. It's selfish. And he's saying that and I'm sure he's getting killed on it by people that he, you know, essentially told that they're bad if they do the other thing. But it's like, imagine being like the guy that was like, you know, we need to stop this pipeline because we need to care about the indigenous people. And this is the corporations are ruining America and they don't even care about the environment and the common man. And then like, you know, a month later you tweet pipelines are fundamental part of the society and without this pipeline and you go... Okay, but like address the fact of how you changed your mind. <laughs> I think you know. I think you should at least address it. It's like you're you know you hang out with his you you see your buddy and he's like oh if this guy's a fucking worst. Then the next day you see him and he's like love this guy's posting about him on the internet like besties and you go hmm, interesting. You're not gonna address the change and you go what happened? Why are you? Why do you love this guy so much? You're like always loved him. Kicks ass. Eleven out of ten. And you're like, I can point to literature that you've written explaining why I hate him. So I'm like, they don't even attempt to like rationalize the contradictions anymore, which I think is kind of funny. On top of that, one thing that uh, on the COVID topic, there's, you know, this big article that's kind of going viral. And the idea was four times as many women as men dropped out of the labor force in September, roughly 865,000 women compared to 216,000 men. And the whole, you know, article goes on to say this just proves, you know, sexism and stuff. And it was like, there's so many times where you're essentially watching female privilege masquerading as male privilege. And you go, yeah, for one, you know, the one which is just an arbitrary thing. It's not necessarily good or bad. But yes, women choose different jobs. So I think a lot of times, you know, you have women in jobs that may not exist anymore. You know, if you look at servers, for example, or, you know, probably 80% women. Whereas if you look at, you know, construction dudes, it's probably 80% dudes, whatever it is. So a lot of it's just like the industries that they choose. But more importantly, and this is a thing that I know lots of in my life, there are plenty of scenarios where two people are in a relationship the guy and the girl, you know, especially if there's kids involved in COVID, the guy and the girl, you know, kind of, uh, the guy and the girl both, you know, whatever. Let's say they both got kicked out of their jobs. They got the boot, you know, Jazzy Jeff style from Will Smith from their Starbucks gig. And in in most scenarios where the guy makes more money, they go, okay, you know what? I'll get another job or whatever. And then you just kind of like, well, you watch the kids while COVID's happening, you know, stay on unemployment because a lot of people are getting unemployment, especially in other countries. A lot of times people are getting the $2,000 a month, blah, blah, blah. You go, all right, you take this money. You figure out this stuff all work during the pandemic and then get another job when the pandemic's option. And you go, so many people, they maybe not even have kids. Like I know so many girls that basically lost their job and they're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Whereas I know a lot of guys that lost their job and a lot of those guys, you know, essentially what I, like I said, became day traders or are doing delivery services or Uber or like some bullshit that they, you know, probably maybe wouldn't have done before. But now they're like, all right, I, well, I don't have a choice. I got to work Whereas so many women. They're like, yeah, well, I'll just, you know, kind of do nothing. And the, and the dude's fine with that. That's what it is. But you go, it's because of sexism. You go, it's because most girls are set up in a position where they can kind of chill. Whereas the guys are like, I got to do something or I starve to death. 
and that's like a aggregate. It's not everyone, but I know way more women that have been like, you know, I'm gonna chill than I do know of guys. It's just the same thing where you go, it's just taking stats and so selectively deciding, you know, what they mean. It's kind of reminds me of when you see the, when I used to always see the, um, if you see, okay, so men, the black men go to jail and are more likely to be murdered by cops. And you go, okay, that is because of racism. And everyone goes, okay, yeah, I'm sure it's probably a lot of factors and that maybe one of them, let's say. And then they go, but men are far less likely or far more likely to go to jail and be murdered than every race of women, including black women. And as you go, so even with the racism, the sexism is still stronger, would you say? Or And they're like, well, no, that's because men do worse stuff. And you're like, okay. <laughs> like, if you think that there, why is it not applicable there? You're like, well, in that case, it's racism. Okay, what about this? And, but in this case, so it's like, you're allowed to use like identity politics when the thing suits you. So it's just like every time it's in their favor, it's like completely by chance and has, you know, it's all the person's actions. It's like they're very, they're Fox News when it comes to, you know, when they look on top and they're fucking, you know, Huffington Post when it doesn't work out in their favor. So, so last week, right before I was about to record the episode, that's when the, I got the email that the, the they were about to storm. The, I got the email from the president. Yeah, I got Donald Trump emailed me, said, where were you? You promised you were going to be here at the Capitol storming. People that I do know, there is some people that I have on like Twitter or comedians or whatever that like went there kind of because, you know, whatever, just to like watch it and stuff like that. They're getting blasted online. That's not a place you wanted to be for your job. Everyone's everyone's getting in trouble. And what my prediction was, you know, when it was first happening is get ready for a ton of mind numbing hypocrisy. Literally, everyone's just taking the complete opposite stance than they have been for the last six months. And, I'm, you know, I made a video about it this week and a lot of people were yelling at me on the Internet. <laughs> I was, I, to be honest, I feel a little bit disappointed myself almost because I got a little bit too hyped up about this stuff. I, To be honest, once, once this thing happened... It was kind of like, you know, I kind of agreed with what most people were thinking. But then it's like the, the all the tech companies come together, get rid of him, get rid of a million other people. And then on top of that, they fucking the you know, it's this. It was if you don't like it, get your own platform. Also, you can't have your own platform. Then the big companies come together and you're like, this is crazy. So and I and the and the more important thing is everyone was jazzed about it. So you kind of watch and. It felt like one of those issues that I was kind of, you know, hyped up about, to be honest, you know, a little bit in a not cool way. I was sort of, you know, walking around my house for an hour. I was filming with Danny Polishek my video at the time when all this was happening. And when I got home, I was like, these freaking people are too, have too much power. <laughs> I was like stomp, stomping around my apartment like, you know, free speech is over. I tweeted about I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But the, the most important thing is out of the gate, no, no one cares when this stuff happens you know people can kick and scream on the internet and you know there's like the conservatives who just get bum rushed at politics constantly they're you know they kind of care but they're yelling into a void at the end of the day the public consensus is good 
And it kind of reminds me of like when people were first getting canceled, like when everyone was getting canceled and it was like some guy did something in 20 years ago or whatever. And then you'd, and you'd be the guy being like, I think he's innocent. And then you'd get, lose your job. And you're like, doesn't anyone care that he's innocent? And you're like, no, nobody cares. And you go, this tweet was taken out of context that you got fired for. And everyone's like, yo, fuck you. (laughs) No one cared. So it's one of those things that it feels like for the most part, most consensus people were like, hell yeah, dude, get rid of them. You know, this is hilarious, blah, blah, blah. I know that I'm doing a little bit of a hack job of explaining my points, but there's a lot of them. And to me, the biggest kind of, you know, takeaway from this was you see on the internet, just nonstop, like one-liner takes, like, oh, is this the same as the gay cake? You know, whatever, this and that. Like, actually, this isn't free speech. And, you know, the government isn't, whatever. You hear all the the reasons why, you know, that there's nothing, there's no gripe here. Like, shut the fuck up, essentially. <laughs> and I thought, okay, so I think David Sachs, he's like this tech guy. I thought, I thought that he kind of summed it up pretty good because people will say, well, it's not free speech, it's a private company. And he essentially said in a tweet, free speech was essentially privatized and now it's decided by a terms of service, written, interpreted, and modified at will by tech oligarchs with no right to appeal. And I think that's the kind of the scariest part about this. In, in, in addition to the fact that like all these people colluded and essentially you have a bunch of tech guys that can decide, you know, and they have like these message boards allegedly that they kind of all put it up like, yo, just so you know, this guy's down. And then all the other ones are like, oh, okay, well, good, good on you. Loud and clear. We'll take him down. But the if you, if you murder a guy, you can potentially do 20 years in jail and you have like a trial or whatever. If you're 16 and you're on the internet, you know, getting into fucking, you know, some edgy ass shit, you know, a lot of these like political commentators that are like outrageous, they're like 20 years old. You know what I mean? You know, whatever. It's going through all this stuff that you're not supposed to say or whatever. And you get banned. It's potentially an 80 year ban. So you have the place that like speech essentially takes place, which is these major companies and they can say, okay, you're not allowed to talk here anymore for the rest of your life. You're not allowed to operate your business here for the rest of your life. And a lot of these places have like, oh, if you open up a new one, they'll get rid of that. So it's like, there's, and there's no way to appeal it. If you, you know, you can send the thing and then it goes to them. So it's an arbitrary people making these decisions that decide like who gets to speak and who doesn't get to speak. And then on top of that, If you go, okay, well, they'll make a place where they can speak and you go, you kind of can't do that either. So, I mean, it's just like the ramifications of these, like these moves are so crazy and people go, oh, wow, it's good. It's the free market. And you know, they should be, yeah, well, I thought they could do whatever they want or whatever. And you go, well, for one, the government and these companies are like wrapped up in this, you know, in addition to like the public will that's basically saying like, yo, Dorsey, take these people down. They go to the, you know, they go to the tech hearings and everyone, you know, the the people kind of yell at them and then the politicians yell at them. And now they know the Democrat politicians are going to be in power. So they're like, yo, sick, right? Got rid of Trump. Yo, hit me up on the back end. That's what it feels like to me. But, and then on top of that, I go, you know, in a situation where you don't have like a free market, like it's all intertwined. I'm not like some guy that thinks like necessarily roads should be privatized. I'm not someone, I'm someone that thinks there should be healthcare. This should be healthcare. I think there should be free hot pockets for all. I've been very vocal on my stance on that. Free bed repair for the fat community. I don't think cops should be necessarily private, but 
you know, when I watch someone like crowdfunding chemotherapy for their two-year-old, I'm not like, yo, that's what it is, man. That's freedom, baby. It's like, you know, this stuff's all complicated. But I was a little hyped about it. And that's the, I think that's the problem that I made, the problem that I made instead of like trying to be funny. I was like, I tweeted, I basically, <laughs> I basically tweeted, I moved to a com- uh, country that didn't have free, uh, that didn't have free speech to a country that used to have free speech. And it went pretty viral, which I almost never tweet like real stuff. And it did basically a hundred, you know, K likes and whatever. It was my whole day was just people going bah, 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 yelling at you I had celebrities yelling up on my wall there's literally a guy with nine followers and some picture is him like he's some fat guy with like a mega hat and he's arguing with Patricia Arquette on my wall legitimately he's going well I hope that California has enough time for you know has enough farmers once the civil war happens and she's goes we have plenty of far you know she's like it's movie stars she's arguing with some dude I go what are any of you doing then sorry to name drop that I have famous followers. I, you know, I, I'm different from you. Juliette Lewis. Hello. <laughs> Juliette Lewis likes a bunch of my stuff. And then she, uh, um, she's like comments like and message me or whatever. And I was like, yo, me and Juliette Lewis hitting it off. And then on uh, New Year's, I believe it was, um, or no, it was Thanksgiving. Her movie came on and I sent her a screenshot, like watching your movie. She didn't respond. <laughs> She's like, well, no, she liked it. But that's not, I was expecting her to message back and be like, that's so crazy. Here's a screenshot of one of your videos that I'm currently binging with my whole family. That's what we're doing on our Thanksgiving. <laughs> also, the fact about knowing like popular people, because I'm different than you, is it's one of those things where it makes you feel like you ha- sometimes you have to be like a name dropper. Because it's almost weird if you don't sometimes. Like, for example, people will sometimes it'll be like someone that I'm friends with. And then people that, you know, like I grew up with or whatever, be like, oh, sick. This person like shouted you out. And you'd be like, yeah, that's my friend. And they're like, okay, take it easy. (laughs) You're like, kind of reminds me of like a girl that, you know, she's at she's at some like club and there's this DJ there and everyone's like, oh, this DJ. And she's like, oh, I actually like dated him for like two years. And you're like, oh, okay, big deal. You know, the DJ. And she's like, wouldn't it be weirder if I didn't say it? So it's like not saying your birthday. Like Danny Polishuk always does that. He doesn't tell people it's his birthday. And then the next day, someone's like, oh, it's Danny's birthday yesterday. And you go, what? You hung out with me all day and you didn't tell me it's birthday. And he's like, I don't make to make a big deal about it. You're like, it's weirder that you don't. Because now you make, you force us to feel bad. We're like, oh, now I'm like some bad friend because I don't have your birthday logged in my mind. And uh, it's it's weirder for you. Like when it's my birthday, first thing I say to everyone, just so you know, it's my birthday tonight. So get the drinks flowing. I'm saying that for you because I don't want you to feel bad. And the Twitter going viral thing, first of all, I like it way better when videos and stand up go viral because I'm just like more confident with their inspection. Because when, you know, it, when, when everyone's looking at something you did like that, it feels like you're driving with a cop behind you. You ever tried to do something and your chick's looking over your shoulder or the cop's driving behind you and you're like, <laughs> I, I can't drive as is. Now I'm going over curves and the guy's like, are you drunk? And you're like, yeah, I was. And it doesn't help that you're driving behind me. So even the podcast, it's a little bit where you're like, yeah, 
these are good in perfect conditions. I think my tweets are good in perfect conditions. But if there was like five bloggers behind me right now, like looking over my shoulders, I would be like, uh, <laughs> Lita Dunham's sick, right? Because, you know, it would put you off your game because I've been doing it for as long. Whereas stand-up, a bunch of bloggers walk in. I'm like, oh, these bloggers want to take a lesson in stand-up, huh? Like I'm that confident. Paul Thompson style confident. <laughs> a bit big on the Paul stories recently. But uh, a while ago, he went, he was doing his showcase at uh, Yuck Yucks. And you're supposed to only do seven minutes. He's at 11 minutes on a showcase <laughs> and they give him the light. And they start, and then the announcer comes on and he goes, Your time is up. And then he goes, My time is up. This is what motherfucking killing looks like. This is what it looks to kill. And then he drops the mic and leaves. <laughs> and I was like, What? And he was like sick, right? I'm like, what are you doing? What are you crazy? And then he went up to the, and apparently the owner liked him. So he goes to the room and the owner is like, the owner was like, I really liked you. And he's like, yeah, of course you do. He says like that. And he tells a story. He's like, yeah, dude, I'm fucking crazy. But, you know, when it comes to doing anything political in this climate, it does get very tiresome in the sense that, if they agree with you, you're a weapon. And if they disagree with you, you're a nuisance. So a lot of people, when this Trump thing was happening, were like celebrating because like, you know, this is, they need blood. And I, to some degree, I kind of see, I go, yeah, I understand why people feel like that. And I understand that they do. They're like, we need blood from Donald Trump. And if they put him on like, you know, a ban for a little bit, if just one of the sites do, and you'd go, you know, Maybe whatever, this is censorship. But at the same time, you go, like, I understand there's such public will for this. But then when you say anything against it, you go, listen, I don't think it's that great that four unelected tech guys just get to decide who in the world speaks. And on top of that, the amount of problems it's causing worldwide, like it's one thing America, you know, we bow down to these oligarchs, but you have other com countries, it's already started to happen. Like, you think some Ayatollah in like Iran is going to be like, yeah, yeah, a bunch of bozos in Silicon Valley are going to decide what we say to our constituents. So no, I think it was the other day, Uganda already was like, the guy's like, yeah, I mean, okay. Because they started deleting accounts based on, you know, what they thought was right or whatever. And then Uganda's like, uh, yeah, you're done. Like they called, you know, Spectrum, they called the internet providers and they go, listen, uh, we need you to take a page out of Spectrum's book and just not be internet anymore. Uh, can you make sure the Facebook and, can you make sure the Facebook and you know Twitter and all these sites don't work on your internet and then Spectrum you know Spectrum Uganda's like way ahead of you pal we've made it very difficult to act those access any site for ages and then you do these and then when you make these takes like you know even when I kind of said that I did a take that I said you know both of the you know protesters were kind of the same because to me it's like, I've, yeah, there, people are like, can you believe what's going on right now? And I'm like, it doesn't seem that, I mean, I've been living in New York and for a good three month stretch, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I could not even work in my house because people were walking by trashing stores, like nights in a row, people were walking by my house, throwing rocks through windows and stuff like that. And you're like, can you believe that this is happening? I go, seems pretty par for the course as far as my experience in America goes. And also anytime and also anytime you disagree with, you know, whatever the general consensus is, people go, yo, you're pandering to one side and you go, OK, well, so 
When you come up with opinions, do you base them off what side has them? Because if you're going, I have an opinion and you go, oh, I can't have that opinion because I'll be pandering to, you know, what I consider the bad guys. And you go, okay, so that's how do you come up with opinions then? Because I just come up with opinions I have. I mean, 90% of my friends aren't into politics and I barely am. So when I have opinions, they're what I think. So it would be irrelevant whether they're pandering. You go, oh, this guy's doing this and this. They go, what? I'm sick. I'm so sick of people deciding what they think based on what's okay. Deciding what they think. I understand if you're a normal person not wanting to put those opinions out there if it's going to ruin your life. But to decide what you think by looking around and not, you know, based on what you actually have in your head. And that feels like the most of what's going on. It was the hypocrisy Olympics. You know, it really, America really feels like a couple fighting. And then, you know, let's say the issue of, you know, rioting or whatever was whether or not the person should be like out partying and the person's, you know, it's like, oh, well, you go out, you went out partying till 3 a.m. And it's like, yeah, and I don't like that. And the person's like, what about that one time you went partying and you the party this day? And then the person, you know, like two months pass and then another per another, then the guy goes out and he comes back at like 3 a.m. And she's like, well, look who it is. Now it's okay to party. And you're like, none of this is about partying. It seems like you guys have a fundamental problem between each other and you're going to change your opinions on partying based on whatever the, you know, dynamic of your fight is at that very moment. So to go through the timeline of events, when I think that Trump's speech was ridiculous and I know lots of normal people that were, you know, probably, you know, don't care about the censorship stuff because they're like, Trump's such a fucking idiot and that's how people think of it. I mean, you know, after the thing and, and the people want to one of the things that conservatives are so bad at, which is why they get bum rushed at politics, is they think they they won't acknowledge they acknowledge that there is a double standard, but then keep acting as if there's not. So it's like, you know, everyone can look at all these fucking left wing people that were like, fight the power, break those windows and all that stuff. You, you know, maybe people are making a million montages of that. You know what I mean? But then when it does happen, when the, you know, their people go storm the thing, Trump's like, well, why can't I do this? And it's like, well, you kind of know why you can't. It's the same reason as, you know, double standards with guys and girls. Like you can complain about them all day long, but as a man, you know, the reason why you can't just like show up to uh, a date with no money, you know, and have that be normal. Like you kind of do understand it just it is like that. So it's like to not live in reality just for Trump to kind of show up and be like, you know, we love you. We love what you're doing. Like, you know, that is good. So to be generous. So again, not his worst performance, not his best performance. Um, To me, if you're being generous, I guess the plan is when all this stuff is said and done and he's out of office, he can, you know, for the rest of his life say, yeah, but they robbed me of this thing. And he thinks, you know, he can go to these speeches as a guy that was robbed. And he thinks that's how like the history books will write it. So I think that's how, if you're being generous, if you're not being generous, then there is no plan. And he's like, I'm just moving on instinct, saying what I think. The more I'm good at getting energy going. So I'll keep kind of hyping people up and, you know, we'll figure it out from there. I don't know what exactly the plan is, but 
that's kind of what happened. And then Joe Biden, again, obviously did the same thing and flipped. He, he kind of was out there. I literally watched the thing where he goes, these people out there are thugs. And you go, thugs? Thugs, tell us what you really think, Joe. Just say the word. Tell us what you mean. We all know what the word thugs mean. But the scary part in the crappy part is like the tech censorship. And again, parlor. You know, Looper has, uh, I just did his podcast and he did a good video a long time ago that said, stop making me defend Trump. You know, because they'll say stuff like one plus one is two that Trump says and you're, and they're like, Trump thinks one plus one is two and you're actually, it's three. And you're like, well, one plus one is two. And they go, oh, I guess you love Trump. And it's like this idea of any, everything that, you know, unless you're part of the resistance where literally everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is wrong, then you're part of the problem. But with Parler, it's like, so this is what these places started this thing. Parler was the reaction to you can't say this. So it became essentially right wing Twitter, which I would rather have a bipartisan free speech Twitter, but they have right wing Twitter. And that site sucks. <laughs> it is it doesn't work very well. It's like buggy as fuck. It's like, an, you know, obviously just this like echo chamber of garbage. So it's not a good site. It's not fun to be on, in my opinion. But, you know, that's better than the alternative, like not having one for these people who want to, you know, be conservatives and have social media in, in a time when like the other ones are all run by the other one. So to me, it was like 100% like monopolistic practices. But why did I get jazzed up? Because, you know, that's what I've been thinking about. And I've been a big proponent of, you know, especially in comedy, you got to fucking let it go. You got to let these things go. You can't just be mad. It's not a good way to live. And even after like the three three hours of me being like, another on my phone tweeting, free speech, I was that guy for three hours. And and then, you know, I could have slipped under the, under the belly, but then it went fucking, you know, turned into a whole thing. But why I got jazzed up is, like I, the arbitrary one is the arbitrary nature that these sites operate with just leaves you in constant fear, you know, and that's why people don't want to live in a society where there isn't laws. And it's like, okay, what happens if you steal? It's like, well, I mean, that depends on the emperor's mood. And you're like, you know, if he likes you, you get your hands cut off. If you, you know, if you, if you have the wrong, really wrong political beliefs, then you're fucking, you know, they burn you alive, whatever it is. And to me, that idea of like all these sites kind of operate and you, you know, you could point out a million times and they're different. I've had my own videos where it's like, you know, you post one and it gets censored. You post another one. It seems like worse. Nothing happens there. So there's nothing like that's what creates fear is like the unknown and not having any, you know, guide of what you're actually allowed to do. So the, the, the arbitrary nature with like all these fucking sites operate in terms of, you know, being a person that speaks for a living or, you know, being a person that consumes people speaking. I think that's a big part of it. Or even, you know, what you're going to get in trouble with when you're just like doing your normal stuff to your friends to see. And the second part that I think stresses me out and makes turns me into a drama queen, so to speak, is the the in addition to the the fear is the gaslighting. You know, the idea that you watch kind of like every social media site come together and just delete, you know, a ton of people in one day. 
you know, decide what president can, the, whether the president can speak on, you know, the on the internet. Get rid of, you know, any social media site that doesn't, you know, agree with them or whatever. And then you kind of point it out and they go, oh my God, like, uh, so what? You know, they broke the terms of services. Like, oh my God, you know, it's kind of like you're being crazy. And you're like, I don't, I don't think I'm being crazy. I think this is crazy. And it's like, in addition to that, you see, you know, the tech companies come out and like, we're not biased. Like, it's only about this. And you're like, am I taking crazy pills? Because it doesn't feel like that. And if they want to say we're biased, that's fine. But it's like, you are. And then even when the Uganda thing happened, like Twitter came out and we're like, we're for free elections. We don't think, you know, people should interfere in politics. We're for free speech, which is why we're against what Uganda's doing. And you go, what the fuck? <laughs> and everyone's like, hell yeah, Twitter. The, kind of the general consensus is that's what is normal. And then even when you're mad, they like won't accept what you're mad about. You go, this is fucking bullshit. And you're like, oh, you're mad because of Trump. You go, I could give less of a fuck about Donald Trump. Like that would, so it's like, the whole thing is like, you're just being like, as if you're being crazy. And it goes back to what I said, just you're a nuisance. So it's like that, you know, these are the techniques to get rid of you because everyone's just like, you know, wants to usher in, you know, more censorship because that's always what happens. But I think it's the fear and the gaslighting that makes you feel like, because you start to feel like, you know, whatever, you're not being listened to or heard or whatever is like fucking, you know, emotional as that may be. And I feel like, you know, as the dust settles, everyone should be able to look at this and be like, yeah, this is kind of wild what they're doing. So I guess that's one positive that a lot of people are talking about. So what are the solutions? I think that some people have proposed like, you know, an online bill of rights, because I mean, it would be nice to know what your rights are, you know, then you could be that guy, like how when the cops sort of, uh, you know, the, when the cops pull you over, you you know, you be that guy that pulls out your phone and you'd be like, I know my rights <laughs> on the internet. Um, you know, potentially there are ways to maybe some free market solutions would be that, you know, people start companies that are able to like talk to these places. You know, if a normal person, if I know, like, for example, with me, I think if I got kicked off like a huge site, I would be able to, you know, potentially have like a manager, agent or lawyer, at least like you know, plead a case for me to some degree, probably. But if you're like a normal person and you go, okay, I've just been banned from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram for the rest of my life. Now, 10 years from now, I have kids and, you know, my I just want to post photos of my kids. Like I'm done with that whole politics stuff. And they're like, yeah, you're on a lifetime ban, pal, because of some shit you said in high school. Like maybe there was, you know, some services that can now, you know, take that case for not, you know, some crazy high $20,000 an hour lawyer to talk to these places, you know, so some system. And then, I mean, more importantly, it would probably be better for all of these people. If, if you were going to act like, if you're going to be one of these companies, your policy should, which if you're going to be in the arena of speech probably helps to just be in, a, in accordance with the first amendment, but I don't trust the government to do any of that. So that's all. That's the most I would be able to hope for. And, you know, and, short of, you know, some of these companies getting broken up, but probably wouldn't happen would be like, you know, some sort of a crackdown on like straight up collusion. You know, you have a cartel of companies being like, also this company can't operate right now because they've, you know, essentially, because that's why when they bring it back to like the gay cake thing and they go, well, what's the difference between the gay cake thing where the guy didn't want to bake the, you know, cake with the two guys blowing each other or whatever. And you go, 
again, I never thought that was good. I'd be like, yo, fuck that guy. But more importantly, it the answer to that is how, how easily is another option accessible? And you go, okay, is there 80 other bakeries on the street or in the town that all want to do it, but you kind of went there to make a point? Like in this scenario, if you had the gay cake and then every baker in fucking the state was like, hell no, dude. We're not booking, we're not making gay cakes. And then he goes, okay, whatever. I'll make my own gay bakery. And then basically the all the landlords and real estate agents are like, we're actually blocking you from getting a lease on a building. And like, that's what kind of happened here as far as, you know, these ideas that these people want to have. So that's why I think it's like different. Now, why are people so hyped up on censorship? I mean, straight up, it's like the oldest trick in the book is, you know, you get something on the fringes that everyone hates, like 9-11, and then you usher in like fucking, here's the things. Now you got to have your shoes off at the airport. Now I'm at the airport with some dude's fist in my ass because, you know, everyone was mad about the Twin Towers. And that's what happens here. Everyone's like, you know, if this gets rid of Trump, so what? And that's kind of how it always happens. But the reasons they say, you know, and that's why it happens, but the, the reasons they say is like, you know, to protect against disinformation and to keep you safe from like the bad stuff. And that's kind of like where it always comes from. And I mean, in this specific case, they're like, okay, we need to protect against Donald Trump's bad ideas. And you're like, you know, this guy lost the presidency. He lost the house and the Senate, the whole thing. So it's like, in terms of like protecting democracy, you're like, well, I mean, this kind of, you know, him doing this essentially made him lose the other stuff and lost public support for the movement. Like no one saw all this stuff and was like more on board with Donald Trump, except for probably if some, you know, small group of people, most people kind of like, were like, Ugh. you know, even on fucking his side, a lot of people were like, you know, we disavow this, blah, blah, blah. So it, that kind of sorted itself out. So that doesn't really hold true, but it's, it's crazy the extent to which conservatives and liberals just fucking switched positions entirely. Because I was watching this video of Bill, o of Bill O'Reilly, you know, 15 years ago with the Insane Clown Posse. Now, watched a couple Insane Clown Posse interviews. Next thing you know, my entire feed is Insane Clown Posse. So YouTube definitely is not censoring Insane Clown Posse. But he was legitimately talking about, you know, their rap and stuff like that. And he was saying exact same things that you hear on CNN, Huffington Post, you know, most late night, like the exact same things. He was talking about insane clown posse. And he's like, you know, don't you think that art should be for the good? Wouldn't this be bad for our kids? And he was saying that, you know, you should be, you guys should be a role model and, you know, isn't this hurting society? All of the stuff that you hear now. And in my opinion, they're missing both sides when they're trying to like censor. It's like, I feel like they're both missing like a few things. I mean, one, so for the first part is like what Insane Clown Posse said, is that they're like, yeah, that I mean, that's not our fucking job to like raise your kids. So that's not what, you know, that's not why we're making this music is to, you know, to try to make, to try to raise your kids for you. That's, you know, up to you. But the other part is like, even if you agree that it is, you know, bad or whatever, it's like, they, they, it isn't necessarily making it worse. Like that's your opinion. Who gets to decide if this is making things better or worse? Like, you know, 
you might say that like a lot of, you know, yelling people what you consider the right ideas is actually making the world safer and making the world better. But someone else might disagree with that. But you think you have essentially a monopoly on like the right ideas. Like we have all the perfect ideas. And with like the St. Clown Posse stuff, they were, you know, you might say, well, you're telling these kids to go shoot people and smoke drugs. And that's kind of the, you know, idea. The same thing is like, you're telling these people it's okay to, you know, make these kind of jokes that hurts people's feelings. And it's like, potentially, or in the case of ICP, think about how many kids, you know, when they're talking about rap, when I grew up, you know, that gangster rap thing was huge and everyone got into it. But most people didn't become gangsters. Most people wanted to become rappers and rap about gangster rap shit. So some people that probably like were already going to do that anyway, maybe became, you know, rapper gangsters. And some people that were already gangsters, you know, maybe were pushed into that. But maybe a lot of people were like, they didn't say, oh, I want to do the stuff that Notorious B.I.G. is rapping about. They said, I want to be a rapper. When I went to school, every second guy wanted to be a fucking rapper. That's just like what it was. And on top of that, it's like, you know, this like stress release, you know, all the insane club bossy people. And he goes, well, another thing that's happening is he's like, you know, work. He, he goes, you, this he's doing a fucking uh, signing and some kid comes up to him and he goes, all right, make sure you go home and smoke some weed for me. And the kid's like 10 and Bill O'Reilly's like, you know, he's doing the appalled thing. Like he can't believe what he's seeing. It kind of like, oh, oh, you know, and then I can't, I, I can't even believe what I'm watching. And he's like, dude, you don't get it. I'm, I'm just talking to them like they're real people. It's like, the truth is, these people are smarter than you think. This kid knows I'm not actually telling him to smoke weed. He knows I'm kind of being funny, and I'm just kind of treating him like a human being. And they respect that, and he likes me more. And, you know, I also tell them in a lot of our other songs, like, you should have a, you know, a good moral compass and care about family, whatever other fucking bullshit juggalo shit he talks about. But it's it's like, it's all more. He's just teaching a different code than you think they should teach. Like a lot of the guys that do the edgiest fucking shit, you know, are kind of the like most emotional people that are like, you know, at the end of the day, it's all friends and family. You know, I love you, man. And I, like the stuff where I'm kind of a little like, you know, a lot of the I love you, man stuff. I'm like, <laughs> not big on the emotions. So, and then the third part of it that these people don't realize is their part in the equation. You know, when you see Bill O'Reilly be like, you know, you shouldn't say this and this and that. It's like one of the reasons they're doing this is because they don't think that you fucking your world is what they stand against. Like a person up there telling them what to do and telling them what to do based on a life that they don't seem to understand. Like you have a guy that fucking, you know, some old fucking dude in a suit, he's all stuffy and he's like, this is how to live life. And you're like, I don't really relate to this guy. You know, I'm going to listen to you. Fuck this guy. He says this. I'll do the opposite. And that a lot of times, like those movements come from you, you know, being puritanical. And that's where energy comes from in a lot of movements. So in a lot of, you know, art forms and a lot of fucking cultural movements, even in fucking like the smallest thing, like clothes or something, you know, a lot of it is like a reaction to what you're supposed to fucking do. But you're, you know, long dudes with long hair in the seventies. Cause they're fucking, you know, dad, who's the red foreman from that seventies show tells him not to. And that's what I think all of these people are missing is that they don't realize, you know, they don't realize their place 
you know, they don't realize their place in this, their place in creating, you know, the fringe stuff by kicking everyone off, creating more of what they consider the fringe stuff. And then on top of that, I don't think they have any care for like the repercussions worldwide and in America of like allowing like cartels to have a monopoly on fucking speech in the way that everyone's on their phone fucking five hours a day online and then deciding, you know, which ideas based on, you know, a bunch of fucking people, college people, people that went to college and now they work at Silicon Valley. Those people now decide what are the good ideas and the ones you're allowed to say. So I don't think that's great. And at the end of the day, it's all fucking a complicated, nuanced topic. And that should not be debated on Twitter. You know, this is, I've never, I've never seen less useful discourse than people arguing back their one line talking points on what is like an insanely multifaceted issue, which is why it was even, you know, difficult for me, which is why it was even difficult to, you know, get what I think out about it. Insanely multifaceted issue. Now. Before we move on, I got to give a shout out to our sponsor. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, you know them. You love them. They're hugging the boys, hugging the balls, the big balls. Balls so big, they could be Fred Flintstone car wheels or the Apple. A lot of people have seen the Apple car, you know, and these memes that go around and they're fake. It's kind of like when hoverboards were going around a long time ago people would be like do you see they made hoverboards i go you're an idiot (laughs) but they show the apple car and it's like these big wheels or balls but it's like no that's not the apple car but those balls those wheels are the size of the boys balls is the analogy i'm trying to make sheath underwear it may sound weird if you've ever had to pull your balls off your leg you know what i'm talking about and that's the sheath pouch they were designed for soldiers serving in Iraq, and during the summer, as you ma- might imagine, it gets hot. So after serving in Iraq, this guy came back, and after several failed gay brothel ventures, he started sheath underwear, and I cannot confirm that, but I read it somewhere along with the Apple stuff. You know, if you got long balls at the gym, if you have, you want to keep the balls, you know, safe for when you're giving your boys an Arabian goggles in the socket while they're sleeping... You're going to want sheath underwear. Check them out, sheathunderwear.com. Use the promo code RyanLong to save 20% so they know I sent you. Keep supporting the sponsors because the sponsors keeps the boys cast alive, and I don't take that many of them. If they suck, they will give you your full money back. That is how much they believe in their product. This guy's been to Iraq. He's not here to haggle. If you don't like the product, he's giving you your money back. Fabric's amazing. The styles are amazing sheathunderwear.com promo code Ryan Long. Now to wrap up, because right now, you know, if if it wasn't divisive before, it is more divisive than ever. And I don't think all these people that say they want unity and they want it to be less divisive, they do not. They want it to be more divisive. That is very, very clear. So is the the question is, can and this is, you know, a bunch of blog posts, like, what do you do when every, you know, with people that have different political opinions in a company and a friendship, can they be friends? Well, Vice UK, can you have sex with right-wing conservatives? That's their question. (laughs) 
Should you date someone with bad politics? Now, again, these people have a monopoly on what's good and bad. But I say the answer right out of the gate is, could you date them? I think it would be tough. And But the real answer is, how crazy are you about this stuff? Is it your life? Is your entire Facebook you posting, you know, how Trump is, you know, the man, he's saving us from this? Are you the are you the person waking up every single morning posting your resistance quotes? This fucking orange guy has got to go. NYPD suck our dicks. In addition to, you know, anyone who's not part of, you know, anti-ableism, if you, you can't be just ableist, you need to be anti-ableism. Those two people might have a tough time. So I think normal people that aren't like crazy and this isn't their entire life. Yeah, I think it probably wouldn't be a problem. And I think in a lot of times you find a, a guy and a girl, you know, aren't going to have the exact same unless, you know, one of them is just completely copying the other person. You know, I have literal friends that are into the like hard Q people. I have friends that are legitimate communists. <laughs> I have legitimate friends where their whole thing is communism. They post the memes and I go, I have no problem being friends with this person because I think they're funny and I think they're fun. But that's the answer. How much of this is a part of your identity? And if it's your whole thing, then yeah, you're probably going to want someone that has your fucking cultural values. If you're a hardcore Christian and that's your whole thing is the tenants and this is what you can do and no sex before marriage like yeah you probably don't want to date a sex positive brooklyn whore (laughs) so how much do you want to attach your fucking political ideology to the way you live and that would be it if you're if you're fucking a girl doing cocaine off some guy's dick three times a night you're probably not going to match well with a guy who spends his time reading the Quran. So she says, two weeks ago, I want to date on a man. And after we'd got to small talk out of the way, he declared himself an enthusiastic supporter of a 20th century dictator. And she goes, not even a good one either, like Fidel Castro. I mean, she doesn't mention which one, but probably relevant. (laughs) Was it Hitler? Like, were you on a date with a guy and he says, I like Hitler? Or was it some random one? France guy, Philip Poutine or whatever that fuck that guy's name is. I was disturbed by this information, but instead of taking him to task, pulling out Wikipedia and sassily reading him a list of atrocities, I calmly finished my drink and invited him back to my flat where we made foul, grunting, two-backed beast sex. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> these... And this is UK Vice, which actually isn't as crazy, but they... um. It does really feel like, and this has been, I'm Justin Silver kind of brought up this point, but it's like these sort of like vice bloggers that are like the sex bloggers, they are just such frat boys. Can you imagine like a guy, you know, doing an article where he's just like, you know, I fucking, anyways, like I brought this girl home and just fucking tuned her the fuck up. You know, she just giving it to her right and left. And you'd be like, what the fuck is this dude? Like, this is an article. But when the girl does it, it's like kind of empowering to just be like a fucking braggy frat boy about like, so I'm fucking gagging on his cock, right? Like, you know, they don't have that accent, obviously, but the exact same thing. When I told a friend of mine what happened, she accused me of only caring about politics when it affected me directly. And I mean, I guess, yeah, it's a little bit hypocritical, but that's only if your fucking whole life's about it. If you're a vice blogger and your whole thing is yelling at people, but then your boyfriend, you know, 
the same if you're the fucking head of the Black Panthers and your fucking wife's in the KKK, people are going to be like, yeah, dude, like this isn't working for us. You're out there with the fist in the air and then people knock on your door like a girl comes in the thing in the white hood like, oh, what's up? Uh, oh, are you looking for Jerome? Um, OK, he's just uh, just actually finished making him dinner. He just pounded my brains out and you go, yeah. I mean, the answer is the problem is they wanted just a binary thing for everything. But it's like, yes, if you are like completely indoctrinated into a fucking cult of some sort, then, yeah, it's going to be a little hypocritical if you date someone that isn't part of that cult. The head of the KKK comes back and he's like, here's my family. And it's like, why is your family all black? And you're like, ah, you know, I don't mix, I don't miss, I don't mix work in home, my home life. I don't mix my work life in my home life. And you go, all right, a little strange. I actually had a KKK sketch that I really thought was funny where it was, it's a bunch of KKK guys. And then like a guy's being like a little bit racist because, you know, people said he's in the KKK and then that's how they recruit. Right. Because the KKK hasn't had like a lot of new members, but someone on the internet's kind of like, yo, this guy's fucking racist. And then you, you know, you see him, what he did was it's like a video. And basically he crashed into a Chinese guy and or whatever Chinese guy crashed into him. And he's like these fucking, you know, Asians or whatever. He starts getting racist and the KKK guys like, you know, tracks him down and he goes, you know, I really think that you'd have a, a place in our organization. Like I saw your work out there. I love what you've been saying. And the guy's like, Oh, okay. I'll, you know, I'll give it a shot. Comes with the KKK guy. And then he brings him back to the grand wizard. And he's like, all right, hey, tell him what you were doing. And he goes, I, I don't know. It's, you know, tell him what you were saying about Asians. He's like, I don't know. I have some Asian friends. I just well, and then he's all embarrassed in front of the Grand Wizard. I swear he's being, no, I swear he's being really racist. Like, look at this article. It says he's the most racist guy in the world. Anyway, that goes on like that. But the reason I kind of decided that that's probably not the sketch to make for me is right now. I think on the internet, if it was like on a TV, TV network, but I'm like on the internet, just the optics of me and my friends all in KKK outfits. <laughs> I don't know I need that screen grab going around. I was just like, I actually was looking on Amazon at like ordering a Grand Wizard outfit. And I was like, I don't think I'm making this sketch. <laughs> I'm like, it just doesn't seem like the one to do. You know, I'm at the fucking location with my KKK outfit on. The guy from fucking my, the Airbnb that I'm renting <laughs> comes in. He's like, um, what's going on here? I've got the fucking lighter fluid up to the cross. It's, it's for a comedy sketch. I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to do that. And then they go, okay, so, and then USA Today relationship coach says, what am I, what I'm seeing from my clients mostly, and this is, this isn't like the craziest article ever, I'm just saying, this is like the stats that USA Today has said about, you know, people dating, uh, inter, interpolitical relationships, because I just made that video, inter, uh, radical political, inter, radical political gay couple. What am I seeing from what I'm seeing from my clients most, and these are mostly powerful, driven, left-leaning women who are single and searching, is that they don't want to date people if they are not woke, more told today. It used to be, you know, he looks handsome and he seems like he has a good career, and politics would be something that would be discussed later on. Now it's often part of their screening process. So I would agree that most people do think this. However, I would also agree that that's not really been my experience. I think the girls just talk so much shit. <laughs> it's like, 
You know, it's the same thing that's been going on forever. It's like, this is the new thing that they're told they're supposed to like. But it's like every girl, you know, it's like they pay lip service to all this stuff and they think they think it. And then, you know, it's like, no, I want the nice guy and this and this. And then you see them and you're like, okay, well, why are you with the guy that's been smashing your windows? And again, that's more of like a person in their 20s thing. I think someone in their 30s probably is back to like, yeah, no, I kind of do want someone with a good job. It's not actually the only important thing to me that he's fucking, you know, posting about anti-fat phobia. But my experience is that, you know, girls will come to comedy shows and be like, that's hilarious. Like, you're so funny, blah, blah, or whatever to like me, my friends, all these people. And then you kind of look at their Facebook and it's like, you know, fight the power, resistance. You know, we need to be more sensitive when we're making jokes and they post all this stuff and you're just like, oh, you just don't care about thinking both the things. So I actually think that most girls like talk that shit and then in reality, they don't actually, you know, they don't really follow follow through with it. And I think people are kind of attracted to who they're attracted to. And, uh, you know, girls legitimately, I think that one of the things is, uh, on top of that is like, I think girls to some degree when they live in this bubble, they don't maybe understand the extent to which like, you know, if they think like someone who listens to Joe Rogan is like a problem or whatever, and they don't realize like, oh, that's just every fucking normal person, you know? So I think that when they kind of realize that stuff, they're just like, oh yeah, it's like, this guy's actually normal. I was just told that this like guy's the worst because he, you know, listens to a karate podcast. (laughs) But girls send messages to jail to serial killers, you know, to put it in perspective. And I said this joke before, but they send all these messages to serial killers. And then the serial killers have no time for the real fans who've been with them since the start. So I don't think that girls act like that, but I do get that they would go to their therapist and be like, oh, I just need someone that's woke. But then they don't actually act on that. It's like the guys that are like, I only date 10s. (laughs) And you're like, okay. Funny, because this is your girlfriend's footprint. (laughs) My glass is shaking when she walks in the building. And she says, the two biggest deal breakers she hears from clients are smokers and Trump supporters. Well, yeah, I guess that would be the case in, you know, in fucking, uh, you know, New York, where you said you're only taking these liberal clients. I could see that being said. But the opposite is also true. Trump supporters want nothing to do with voting for Biden. I just spoke uh, with a gentleman today who has a conservative political beliefs, and he told me that he did not want to date a crazy liberal. I don't think you want to date a crazy anything, you know, and that's true. You don't want to date a crazy liberal, but there's plenty of liberals that aren't crazy. It's kind of the same thing I was saying in the last, you know, in the Vice article, where it's like, yeah, don't be crazy and don't date someone that's fucking fanatical about some bullshit that they're not even involved in. And if you're like a conservative guy or, you know, the idea that I get, I think that if you're a conservative and you're like, I don't want to date a liberal, that seems stupid. I think that um, you, if I think that if you're a liberal dude, I think dating a conservative girl, to me, that seems like it'd be tough. Like if you're super fucking like liberal and then the, you know, the girl's coming in calling you a cuck and stuff. (laughs) To me, that would suck. Your wife's calling you a libtard. You know, you say stuff, you're like, you know, you're on the internet saying stuff. She's like, sorry, my boyfriend's a snowflake. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this a safe space? My boyfriend's constantly triggered. I I don't think that'd be fun. Being told that you're fucking a cuck from your girlfriend. Going off about how everyone and all your friends are fucking snowflakes. (laughs) She's fucking you. So that wouldn't be fun. Don't date crazies. Yeah, I think it would be. 
it would be tough to date a crazy liberal who you come home, you know, she wants to have sex, and every time she's hanging from the chandelier, she's <laughs> she's got to have 9,000 dildos in the equation. She's got to come 95 times. You know, she's a whole procedure. But it might be also crappy to date a hardcore conservative. You know, she can only come unless she's looking at Trump. You know, you're having sex with her, and she's like, I'm cooming when she looks at the Trump poster. Uh, and then the girl, the liberal, as she's coming, she goes, he's so orange, something like that. I think the moral of the story is don't be crazy. And I'm hoping we see something positive come out of the conversation that's happening because of all the speech stuff. And it's just one of those things, man. Like every, they had everyone on board with the fucking, with Trump's being bad, kind of, you know, I think the most most average people were kind of like, yeah, that Trump stuff's fucking crappy. You know, everyone's making fun of the guy's hat that was at the protest. It was everyone was like, yeah, fuck this protest. And then it's just they always come back with just like this extreme overreaction. It's like, yeah, we're going to shut down the fucking Internet. <laughs> and then you got to be like, ugh, you almost just had people agreeing it's like they anytime there's anyone that kind of has any consensus on anything, they got to shut it the fuck down. Anyways, this week on the Patreon, I think it's one that is worth checking out because I go through a bunch of stuff on my own. But in addition to that, I have my dark web correspondent, Patrick O'Neill, on the podcast. And, you know, every time I have him on, a bunch of people message me more, pa- more Patrick, more Patrick, Patrick, especially on the Patreon. So people love him. You know, this guy's, he's a, he's in the thick of it. Cause he's a, uh, he's a producer of radio in Canada. And he kind of like, he just has like a big picture of everything. And he's just, you know, kind of one of those like weird encyclopedias of knowledge. Everyone always loves it when I have him on and he's a fucking hilarious dude. And so I think it's a great episode on the Patreon and thank you everyone for supporting the boys cast. 2021, off to a crazy start. Peace.